Welcome to the Nerdoplexy Movie Review Show mini episode. This is where we break down our breakdowns of the movies we just watched, answer your pressing questions, and let you know what to check out for next time. Today is also the eighth meeting of the Nerdoplexy Comic Book Book of the Month Club. <laughs> My name is Reed, and with me today we have Sam and Dave. So let's dive in. Well, we're coming to you hot off a Hughes high of uh, <laughs> Uncle Buck. Oh, what a great, what a great movie! I was so happy to watch it. Yeah, good movie, good time recording it. And I just want to mention right up at the top, if this is maybe you know one of your first time joining us on one of these mini episodes, welcome. Uh, and also, I did want to mention, I don't think we mentioned it during the record, and we don't talk about it often, but uh, that movie was a little bit out of our bailiwick, as you would say. We we do every movie from 2008's Iron Man all the way to, or for Batman to Iron Man. That's, the, that's kind of our zone. But if there's a movie that you would, specifically like to hear much like uh, tab wanted to talk about uncle buck and get our opinions on that if there's something that you want to hear be sure to head on over to nerdoplexy.com or fleshhorse.com if you nasty and uh, you can subscribe at the monthly level like some of our wonderful patrons have done before and we will do a review on whatever movie you like within reason within reason be cool yeah, be cool about it. You want to watch Be Cool, Dave? You just got to subscribe at the $5 level. $5 a month, yeah. The sequel to Get Shorty. We've also watched the sequel to Shrek, Shrek 2, the best of the Shreks, and maybe one of the best movies ever, Big Trouble in Little China, with our patron Steve. He was an episode, uh, a guest on that episode. Uh, so that's an option as well. Just head on over there and reach out, or hit us up on Twitter, at NerdoplexyPod, and we'll uh, you know slide into the DMs. We'll see what we can do. And I also want to thank Tab one more time. So if you want to head over to twitch.tv slash tab twice and shoot her a follow on there, I'd really appreciate it. Follow, subscribe, do it all. She's bringing the entertainment. You just got to bring the, uh, I don't know, money slash view slash energy. You got to give. Yeah, you got to give. Uncle Buck certainly didn't uh, lack any energy. That's for sure. This was uh, this was this was quite a flick. A lot of fun stuff going on in this one. Had um, this episode, that last episode had real big sitcom vibes, and I think that got started pretty early. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I loved yeah, it. Yeah, and luckily carried the whole way through the very special episode. Yeah, <laughs> I- I'm seeking out the uh, the reboot of it. I have I haven't found those six episodes yet, but I will find them of the, the reboot of Uncle Buck. Oh boy, Two- what? The- oh yikes, 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 yikes! <laughs> Scary. I put myself through some pretty big torture for this that nobody asks me to do, uh, but I'm I'm still going to find it, and I will watch this. <laughs> Couldn't make it all the way through Little Nemo, but fucking Uncle Buck reboot, yes. <laughs> you're on top of it. <laughs> so, Sam, why don't you fill Dave in on uh, some of that stuff we were talking about last night? Oh, we had discussed that we, were, we would maybe consider trotting out a month of John Hughes movies. We did some some light brainstorming on on how to creatively name a month after John Hughes, and I came up with June Hughes. I like that a lot. Hughes Hughes June. 
Hughes, comma, June. John John Hughes, June. John Hughes, Jr. <laughs> John Hughes, June. Well, that, that'll have to be the follow-up. This year, we could do John Hughes, June, and then next year, it'll be John Hughes, <laughs> June, Jr. There we go. There's more than enough movies. He's My man has directed quite a few, so we could uh, that, that's plenty to dive into. If that's something that you're interested in, um, be sure to let us know. Tweet at us, and then we'll... Maybe we can trot out a, a live Trains, Planes, Automobiles or something. Oh, I'd love that. That could be fun. For Thanksgiving. There aren't enough good Thanksgiving movies. Curl up with your family <laughs> around the hearth. Well, yeah, you know, if we do if we did a Thanksgiving, that might get us out of a holiday movie, but maybe we could do a, like a holiday block and we'll just do a couple of uh, holiday things. Eight Crazy Nights. Also, speaking of holiday block, we've got not super soon, but not not soon. We have one month until... It'll be soon enough for us. October. Yeah, so we will be transitioning over to our spooky or spoopy spectacular. Spooktacular. Our spook our spooptacular. Spooptacular. The nerdoplexy. Spooptacular? Spooptacular. I fixed it. I fixed it. No, I think it was better the first time. All right, fair enough. <laughs> spooptacular. Spooptacular. There it is. Our spooptacular special. And we'll be watching five spooky or spoopy episodes or movies. Horror or horror adjacent films. So, um, yeah, horror adjacent works as well. Maybe maybe this year we could do some things that are um, horrifying in different ways. Maybe unintentionally horrifying movies. That might be something. <laughs> might be less fun for us to watch. What's that claymation one? That Mark Twain one? We watched that. Not really a horror movie, but the devil is in it. The real devil. The Adventures of Mark Twain. I have that on DVD, and the devil is in it. Yeah. And he does kill people. He gives clay people life, and then he kills them. And I love it. It's the first full feature-length claymation movie. I think the devil might have made that movie. It's possible. It still cannot be the scariest claymation ever made because the fucking California raisins are not in it. Oof. That's a good point. Well, I think I figured out a way to not do that in October because maybe we have a May block this year as well. Maybe we, maybe next year is all about blocks. Maybe we just we just take a year <laughs> off of the of the uh, comic book thing and then we do M- Mayclation. I mean, you could could say claymation with a Y. Mayclation. It's cl- claymation, but for May. That's like meat cute that you you. No, no, that's <laughs> that's lazy. Too simple. Too easy. But it, okay, Mayclation. It's funnier by any metric. Okay. What if you put, but you have to put the emphasis on the clay. So it's capital clay. I like it. Yeah. Okay. I'm here. Mayclation. I mean, I'm back. Mayclation. You got me. Yeah. I love it though. <laughs> wow. That's stupid. Um. So Mayclation would run right into June Hughes. Yep. And then we do a whole month where we just do reviews for Julio Iglesias. July. Albums. All right. Because his name is literally July Church. I don't think that one's going to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So just Julio. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> July or Liar, where we talk about our favorite scenes in Liar Liar. Okay. We'll workshop it. <laughs> you know, if, we got, if, if we've got to get 12. It, we have, yeah, we just, <laughs> we watch it. Just just do Liar Liar every week. Four times and each time. <laughs> for a whole month. We do an hour and a half on every 10 minutes of Liar Liar. We just talk the first 10 minutes. Oh, uh, July or Liar sounds fun. And then the next 10 minutes. Till it's through. <laughs> we have to break it down into segments. July or liar. I don't know why I'm. I'm yeah, that's tough. Do, like <laughs> we're coming up with the most masochistic schedule for ourselves. Right, right. No, I mean this is true. It's got a good ring to it, though. It does. Okay, what about this? <laughs> uh, I hate. I hate to put a damper on you know the total madness of of the block schedule. Which, to be fair, I am, <laughs> I have the time for, certainly. The the two married with children men on the podcast, 
may not have the time for that so much because unless 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 you patrons you got to really step it up we really got if we get like a thousand y'all to pitch in five buckaroons then i think we'll be clear sailing we can really explore that avenue Yes, no problem. Problem solved. So because my idea for March is March of the Penguins and it's just penguin adjacent movies. Well, at least there's there's a couple of those, which I think you could do. You could do Sudden Death because Jean-Claude Van Damme is a Pittsburgh Penguin hockey player in that one. We could do the new Batman Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then you can do I mean, there's a few other where the penguins in it. Pretty solid. Yeah, exactly. We could also do a happy feet. We could do a happy feet. George Miller. Yes. Uh, Sam, stop having good ideas. We got this Fritz. <laughs> Don't worry. No one's writing these down. They've already been forgotten. Yes. And, and then February is uh, is Cheviary, and we just do Chevy Chase movies. Some Fletch, too. Uh-huh. 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 Okay. Jan- January. Two steak sandwiches. <laughs> January. Supermanuary. No. I don't want to do that much Superman. That's pretty good, though. You have to watch Superman stuff. So keep that on the back burner. Supermanuary. That's a lot of Superman. <sighs> And I like Superman 1, 2, and 3, and The Return of Superman, not 4. I don't like Superman 4. April, okay? Okay. Apes rule, okay? And then we do, like, King Kong. We do, uh... Planet of the Apes. Mighty Joe Young. No, we gotta do that one with... Fuck, Ferris Bueller. What's his name? His name's Ferris Bueller. No, what's the man's name? The Matthew Broderick Disney movie where they're training chimps to fly, but they blind them. That guy's only ever killed a couple people. That's true. It's it's less it's less than some and more than others. Which is cool. <laughs> if, you, if you get out of if you yeah less less than some infinitely more than most. Oh no. Who wait? Are we talking about Ferris Bueller? Or are we talking about Broderick? We're talking about Broderick. I'm sure Ferris Bueller is responsible. I mean, the movie at large. I mean, he's that man has definitely killed somebody. But yeah, it's why I didn't suggest doing his Godzilla movie. Oh, that's disturbing. I didn't know that those things about this man. Is he in that? Yes, Project X. No, come on. It's not like he's problematic. He just has killed people by accident. That's true. (laughs) Okay. Project X does have um, Helen Hunt and a chimp named Willie, and they fly planes, but they also go blind. That's tough. I've never heard of that movie. (laughs) It's a Buckwild movie, and I would love to have that in um, Ape Roll. Is it? Apes Roll. Apes rules. It has to be more. We do bird movies in November. November. Okay. So to do March of the Penguins and November. Yeah, I think that covers bird. We could also do Vapril, where we just do reviews on on different vape flavors, different clouds and flavors. Claymation. Yeah. Mayclation or Mayclation. 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 Hughes June. <laughs> June Hughes. Excuse me. July or liar. Hughes. I think that's a good one. <laughs> July or liar. Yeah. God damn us. This is really taking us on a twist here. July or liar. And then we do a month of August Wilson. I think not. No. Well, Pittsburgh native. That's a Pittsburgh native, though. That's true. I don't know that we really have the fucking makeup. No. I don't think it's us on that one. (laughs) We we couldn't couldn't be further from having the chops for for an August Wilson. (laughs) I don't think that's us. We would do no justice. I mean, if we could, if that was a month of special guests or something, but I think we'll have that to. That month of us just be gone. Those were good movies. Yeah. That yeah. Was good. Right? <laughs> what, okay. So the real problem is rounding out the rest of the year. I mean, some of these have to be comic book movie months. So I'm okay. <laughs> no, I think we're done with that. We might be done with that. We've overstayed our welcome. <laughs> you give us one Uncle Buck movie, it takes us completely off the rails. So 
August. We could do movies like on tops of mountains or very, very windy movies. Uh, August. Uh, August. We could do Twister. Or German movies, Augustus. We could do Roman movies. Also Augustus. Oh God, that's so fucking stupid. Okay, God, what about Gus? Did we have a September? Not yet. Uh, <laughs> There's got to be somebody named Gus in the movie. Well, the problem with that is that we don't have a... Gus Fring. We just do Gus Van Zandt. August Van Zandt movies. <laughs> How many of those? <laughs> I don't know. Enough. Look at it up. <laughs> he directed... Oh my God, Last Days. Fuck. Drugstore Cowboy, My Own Private Idaho, Goodwill Hunting. Okay, that's a good one. I haven't seen that one. Yeah, it's not bad. Um, uh, I don't know if we can get a whole... The 1998 Psycho, that Shot for Shot remake. Oh, Jesus. I love that they did that. I'm going to go ahead and say I don't know that I... That, well, it's been a long time since I saw it, so... We could just watch like a bunch of Red Hot Chili Peppers videos. Oh. Last Days, that's pretty good. Um, yet again, I don't think we can really talk about milk. Like the product? I mean, at least we have October still, like, lined up. That's a block that's there every year. No, like the Sean Penn movie. No, we're not talking milk. Yeah. Oh, I just assumed that the movie was about about actual milk. Because that I, I consider myself to be an expert on. I think we'd need, like, two more. Well, Goodwill Hunting. Yeah, I don't know if we could do August Van Zandt. All the milks. Yeah. Because he's mostly, he's got too many shorts, I think. Well, he should probably invest in some pants. Because I don't know that I want to do Finding Forrester. I don't think there's a whole lot of fucking content to be mined in Finding Forrester. Except for You're the Man Now, Dog. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the whole movie! Yes! Yes! You're the man now, dog! We just wrapped up August Van Zandt. In two minutes, we cursed ourselves, and then we reversed the curse immediately. You're the man now, dog. You could do Choose Your Own September, yep. and we could all pick a movie. The three of us could pick movies. I like a Choose Your Own at September as like as it rhymes with adventure. That's good. I like that. Choose Your Own September. Mm-hmm. The problem is that Spooky, we didn't have a name, an <laughs> October-based name for Spooky or Spoopy. We started with that one, so that's like an odd man out. That's true. But it still fits. It's still... Well, we just won't do that one next year. We do Glocktoberfest. Oh. Movies that have Glocks... <laughs> <laughs> Not very clever. Um, mm. Spocktoberfest. Spocktoberfest. We could do a couple of Star Trek movies. Well, we could do Spock movies. Ooh, just the Spocks. Yeah. Could you do like the search for Spock because he's like? I think it's in the name. He's the theme of the movie. Yeah, you got to do the search for Spock. Okay, so right now we need to Nuevo member. I don't know what that is. A new member. Mm-hmm. We could just do Movember. So, like, mustache people. Bunch of Tom Selleck movies. Burt Reynolds. The best stashes in the biz, huh? I think we'd have to put nice guys in there as well. Okay, here's what we do. We do Octotober. Octoberfest, A-C-H. And then you just do German movies. <laughs> what? For August? No, Octoberfest. <laughs> oh, ach. Okay, for Octo. Okay, got it, got it. I like that. Well, we'd have to do that. It, that would have to be in September. Oktoberfest is in September, so... That's true. That's technically true, yes. The best kind of true. If if you do Octotober, then you can just do things that are related to eight. Ocean's eight. You could do a movie about a big octopus. You could play a nine from outer space, right? Hmm. Would well that's that's nine, Dave. That that would be that would be for nine temper. Eight in the name, maybe. Fate of the Furious. Eight millimeter. Hellraiser eight. 
It's a really good one. As long as it's titled <laughs> eight, that's fine. Is it Hell Rate, sir? Oh, it should have been. It should have been, up. but it's not. I'm looking at a list of feature film series with eight entries. Oh my goodness, that would be funny too. The eighth movie. And just do the eighth of like a bunch of different. That would fit for a Halloween too. We could do a whole year. First movies in January, only sequels in February. Especially because I haven't seen any of the Fast and Furious movies. Only three equals in March. <laughs> if we can find five franchises for October that all have eight entries and we just watch the eighth one, I think that's a real winner. Frankenstein 8 is Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. That's <laughs> historical. That's awesome. That's amazing. Hellraiser, Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street. Those three have eight movies at least. Yes, that so is. We got three of them. True. Okay, so we need, to, we need to wrap up the year because Nerdoplexy is shifting. Maybe we, maybe here's what we do. Maybe we do these for Supermanuary. Maybe we don't do only Superman movies, but we just like alternate. Movies with Supermen. <laughs> that sounds <laughs> Well, that would worse. help. That would, be, that would be good. And uh, December's holidays, so that's good. All right. Well, uh, cool. Now, we have our Comic Book Book of the Month Club. Nerd of Plexi Comic Book. Comic Book of the Month Club. It's a book club for comic books. All right, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, The Last Ronin, is a five-issue miniseries published by IDW Publishing, uh, released on October 28, uh, 2020. The story is by Kevin Eastman, Peter Lair, Tom Waltz, and Andy Kuhn, with art from Kuhn and Ben Bates. Now, despite being published under IDW, this is unconnected to their larger continuity. But for me, this is canon, baby. This is how the movies end. This is, for me, a direct sequel to the movies, and I love it, and it's amazing. I completely agree. Now, before we really get into it, I have to say now, to discuss this at all, we do have to do some major spoilies. So if you haven't read it, go to Hoopla right now, get it on your local comic book store, pick this one up and give it a read. You will not be disappointed, and then check back. Uh, so, Yeah, here's the spoiler. We like it a lot, so you should read it. So if you need to pause, do it. Yeah, it's amazing. This is, it's... Probably my favorite trade for any of the TMNT, and I've read quite a lot. This is my favorite one. Well, I haven't read too many of the comics, to be honest. I've gotten a lot of the content, but uh, that is kind of... I, I did a lot of the early stuff when we were doing the Turtles run in the 90s there. But this is my first big read, and yeah, I really liked it a lot. Don't tell Peter Laird, because he had nothing to do with it. Really? Although it was dedicated to Peter Laird. His, his name's on <sighs> it. That's about... Yeah. It's just a Kevin Eastman joint. Is it? Is he dead? No, he's not dead. <laughs> oh, okay. Woo. No, 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 Woo. no. <laughs> he just wasn't a part of this. He just, uh, he just. There's just... your nerdoplexy close call. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why he wasn't a part of it. I, 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 he's fine. They, they stopped working together for a while, and then something happened recently, and I think they have some stuff in the works together again. After that Netflix thing, they got back together the mid-90s whenever there was like a million Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle properties going on. Probably, I would bet that would be kind of exhausting to be like, I don't agree with what you're releasing here, this like crazy live-action TV show. Uh, that kind of thing probably was enough for Peter Laird to be like, no, just give me 15 comics a year or something. I think he, he still releases like black and white 
comics for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, that's cool. And they're good, but this is still my favorite one. So sorry, Laird. Yeah, we I mean, talk a lot about it in the movies. Like creative control is kind of all over the place with the movies. You know, like they wouldn't let them have Bebop and Rocksteady, for instance, and TMNT two. You know, I, I think that that was just like probably uh, not to editorialize too much, but like probably just that feeling of like I'm losing control of my thing. So let me have the control of the part of it that I actually want, and then you can do whatever you want with the other shit. I don't care. I did find it really interesting in this story while they were telling flashbacks the flashbacks were all in black and white and looked very much like the original run of comics Mm -hmm. which i really appreciated they never miss it seems like with the tmnt like art style i will say the only thing that like bums me out is seeing turtles without their bandanas around their eyes because they look super weird Mm -hmm. i mean they look weird of course they're big turtles yeah they look very strange I think it really helps in this context because this is a much more intimate story because you're seeing the turtles like brought low. So spoiler, no spoiler. Turns out that last Ronin, it's Mikey. I had to hold my tongue because you said that in the last mini. And I was like, (laughs) yeah, it it totally is Mikey. (laughs) Yeah, it's the only one that makes narrative sense. It's the final completion of the one turtle that never really got serious about anything. So him having to be the one to pass on the mantle to a a new generation is something that I really enjoyed. And him finally having to step up and complete the rest of his training, learn all of the rest of the different forms and things like that, uh, because he did not have his brothers and family to rely on. It's a good arc. But he did, didn't he? A little bit. A little bit he did. Oh, he did. And he didn't have his family, but he did. I loved all of the characters, like the returning characters are so cool. Dude, Mausers and Stockman and everybody's got this like crazy post-apocalyptic look. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Stockman is dope in this one. I really dig that vibe. It felt like Escape from New York with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which are two of my favorite things. Breaking into New York. (laughs) It's a reverse. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, this is a post-apocalyptic cyber punky New York dominated by Shredder's grandson, who is now the leader of the foot. For some reason, I don't know, obsessed with New York. I don't get it. He was, it seemed like in the beginning of the comic, he was in in, in Japan and then moved to New York to their operations there to take it over. Um, some of the timeline's a little unclear, and I don't know if they're, you guys might know better than I, but this seemed to be a kind of, offshoot assumed a lot of things from the the previous continuity without actually getting into them are those like the the shredder's daughter was that a character that had been established in the comics previously i think yes on that okay so it's kind of like drawing from the established canon but also taking it in its own direction yes definitely it's been so long since i've read the comics i used to read them a lot but then i just sort of like you know fell off of all my comic reading this one i picked up a couple of times Karai appears in TMNT, the animated movie, and that's Shredder's Daughter. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Cool, cool, cool. So we will we'll get into that actually in 2007, which is cool. I'm I'm looking forward to that. I I like the kind of the expanded canon here, and I like I like it here especially. They they brought things back, but I they didn't get lost in it because sometimes you'll have that when they're doing these kind of like reboot sequel boots or whatever they call them when they're establishing new things as a sequel. This one doesn't get too bogged down on all the details. So like, okay, it's Shredder's son. It's mechanical. Him and Stockman teamed up and now they run things. 
I really love the addition of the Casey Jones, Casey Maria Jones, who is also, I believe, a established character, but different in this universe because, or or maybe this is the same as well. Hit us up at Nerdoplexy if you're if you're screaming into the void, going, "This is all real. <laughs> this has all happened already." The fact that Casey is not exactly human. She's picked up a little residual mutagen from her parents spending so much time with the turtles. So the, like the high-level plot of the comic, in a future battle-ravaged New York City, a lone surviving turtle embarks on a seemingly hopeless mission seeking justice for the family he lost. From legendary TMNT co-creators Kevin Eastman, it says, does say and Peter Laird, although it's, why would it be dedicated to Peter Laird at the end? Uh, get ready for the final story of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, three decades in the making. It's probably a rights thing, where if, if like just to Right. If you if you're doing it, you have to put my name on it, bro. I mean, because I it, it seems it you know it's just kind of like these are like continuations of ideas that had, had existed and things like that. These are pre-established characters, so like he is a writer because the world is the one that he designed. I guess, man, you know who knows. So essentially, what takes place is uh, after long battle between the the clans that that Splinter and family belong to and the the Foot Clan, they're ostensibly trying to broker peace the foot clan has made the suggestion splinter doesn't necessarily trust it but he believes in some way that the foot clan they were taught to have this modicum of honor you know so he feels like if they seem like they're sincere we should hear them out that kind of thing but plan for the worst so essentially they get then bombarded in new york and bombarded in japan while the peace is being brokered or would have or could have been brokered but the spoiler no spoiler because you should have read it by now it was a double cross and since it was a trap donatello and splinter die in japan fighting the foot clan and after they kill a, a good bit of them first oh yeah it's pretty cool it's very it's very like old samurai movie where they're just mowing these dudes down, getting stabbed with a bunch of swords and spears and stuff. Very cool. Splinter in this is fucking B.A. He does not give a shit. He's slicing necks. Yeah, dude. He's like no mercy, all this stuff and just straight murdering people. But in the end of that battle, Oroku Hiroto, the grandson of Oroku Saki or Shredder, does get the better of them and they perish but the clan gets away you know so they they're still around in new york they're sabotaged by baxter stockman and his mausers and a bunch of uh singes singes yeah he's got like nano i guess like stockman's got control of like a nano swarm and he makes like mausers and uh sin ninjas and things like that pretty fucking good that takes care of Leonardo and Casey. He blows April's arms and legs leg off. And then Raph fights Sakai, I believe is the, the name, who is Hiroku's mother and the daughter of Shredder. Uh, and they, they both kill each other. Well, kind of. Raph dies, but um, Sakai is just in a coma for the remainder of the, <laughs> the duration. So effectively, they both die. Yeah. Then you find out that... Michelangelo lives. He does his best to get people to safety, but he wakes up in a place where nobody else is and assumes that everybody else has perished. So he takes that opportunity to sort of 
just do the kung fu thing, you know, just walk the earth and Oh, he walks to earth. I love that, yeah. And basically just goes somewhere to try to die, but he can't. And this is the coolest thing about this whole series is Right, this little twist here. You find out that like the the turtle mutagen is not weakening over time, it's strengthening over time. He basically can't die. He wants to, but he can't. And then something happens. People find him and he realizes that he still needs to finish out his family's mission and basically kill Shredder's grandson and stop him from having complete control over New York because that's what he ended up doing, taking control. And they built build a wall around New York because of flooding. And New York is just basically like a hellscape. You know, you're, you're Megalopolis. You're, you're Mega City One. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Which is will become pretty important uh, for our next episode. Indeed. Judge Dredd. Shit, Sly Timber. Um, but Sly Timber. That sounds like a song. <laughs> oh, yeah, but that's, you know, that's pretty much it. And then Mikey goes and kind of reunites. He meets up with April. They meet the new Casey Jones, the daughter. And uh, they, like, have a, their big final battle. That's, like, kind of the setups in episode, uh, issues one, two, and three. And then issues four and five are them dealing with each of the big bads, uh, Stockman and Heroku and the Foot Clan. Uh, but there's also some uh, final flashbacks that kind of resolve the entirety of the story. The whole thing really kind of plays out. It's, it's a revenge story. It's called The Last Round, and so obviously it's going to be a revenge story. And it plays out a lot like Kill Bill, Volumes 1 and 2, if that's a very similar touch point if you haven't seen a lot of samurai movies. It's kind of styled just like this. So the first part is very action heavy and you get all the the background and then you get the finalization of the story in these last two issues, which is very satisfying. The pacing is very good. They introduce just enough that the storytelling is almost perfect. And <laughs> to, uh, you know, they have a final battle in the last few panels of the issue. My very favorite part they they get flushed out of the sewers into the into the mud. They have this fight, and they finally like kind of kill each other, basically. And Roku dies, and is floating face down in the muck and mud. And you can see his head, his arms, and his two little perfect butt cheeks floating in the water. It is <laughs> rather buoyant. Uh huh. Uh huh. There's just enough that his little, little liquid metal coated butt cheeks. Um, stick up out of the water i wonder if he has implants and that's why they float so well right i wouldn't put it past him he seems incredibly vain views himself as a god yes and and says multiple times he's immortal as he's being killed pretty good don't mind that's like the the hard end of the story he has like a moment with uh, michelangelo has a moment with casey where he gives her splinter's journal that's it he's too injured to continue and he dies and you have a great moment where he's reunited with the other turtles they're like come on sleepy hair let's go and they give him shit again and it's 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 all great he's like you know what this fucking sucks but these are my family you guys are assholes but i love you anyway the end how did you feel about the epilogue that they're doing it again for new turtles i like it and i'll tell you why because the way I think that they're trying to set it up, and they said a few times where, like, they're more family than most families because they ha- they share that mutagen. And you get these sort of these scenes where Mikey's talking to himself, but he's really talking to his brothers. And it seems like it could be just his memory of their personalities, but I think it's more that he's become kind of legion. Aha. Uh-huh. 
as his his mutagen has been advancing because he's he knows more about that's at the very beginning I wasn't sure it was Mikey because he was he was talking about all the electronics and things he sees the stuff he has to get past to get into New York and I'm thinking like oh okay that could be Donatello or something you know like he's the whole time talking to himself but talking to his dead brothers but it seems like he has in him what they all had as individuals now made one and I feel like th- if that mutagen is so pervasive that just Casey Jones and April being around them was enough that the new young Casey Jones has become not infected, maybe better word infused with the mutagen that that same mutagen being used on those turtles is essentially a reincarnation more than it is uh, like a, you know, we know that turtles, that's the only thing that like will make you roll your eyes. Right. Does that, why does it have to be turtles again? You know, is it just because they like turtles? Um, they know <laughs> how to deal with them. The they, they're, they're familiar with the cloaca system and all this other stuff. Yeah. Right. We already have all of this, these turtle right. clothes. So why would we do it on anything else? If I view it more as like a holistic approach to sort of like to kickstart a new generation of turtles and that this mutagen is enough to basically make these, if not the same, very closely related to those other characters. Um, it's a way to like give them sons, you know, and that's that's the thing they always they always say, like, you know, Splinter's dad, they're their father. And they said it several times. And it's not like what makes them a father isn't genetics, but it is right. They they share the same genetic mutation. So they are family in that way. Yeah, I mean, I mean, everything's as a roundabout way to say, like, yeah, the, the the mutagen is like it. That is the piece that makes the whole thing go. I like that part because I mean that does make sense uh, because the the mutagen, like you say, can like transfer just by that contact alone. I mean, they they were always together from the time they got hit with the mutagen. All five of them, all the the four turtles and Splinter, always were together so that yeah i mean that only makes sense that that would like transfer in between them i just think it's kind of weird that they are intentionally mutating some more turtles you know what i mean it's not like the turtles are like oh life is so easy like i love that i'm a big green weirdo like that's that's a big sticking point with a lot of them you know they have the consciousness of right you know personality of humanity but they have the body of a big old turtle god i love being a turtle um, but a little cutesy for me, that epilogue, but I really, really enjoyed him waking up with the other turtles. Uh, I thought that was really uh, nice right. and touching. Their own personal Valhalla. Yes. They can go do ninja stuff. Doing flips. And then, you know, Casey is there as well. Very cool. To, to that last point is like, it, it seems like this afterworld is like very real. Because like you said, Casey Jones is there. April wasn't there. People that are alive are not there. They're they're simply sleeping in the real world until they awaken in this afterworld place. The mutagen plane. Afterlife, yeah. And I, I exactly. So th- is it that they still exist in that mutagen and that the mutagen going into those other turtles is very literally giving their life force to those turtles? Is that what they're saying? Mm, interesting. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, we can probably cut that all. Anyway, all that to say, I really like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I think that Last Renan was a very solid ending if you're like looking for closure on the series, but with a little bit of hope for the future. Highly recommend. I agree with that 100%. I honestly believe if they were to make another Ninja Turtles movie, I would absolutely want it to be this. Put guys in suits, animatronic suits, do it up full, a direct sequel to the movies that we watch. That's what I want, and I want it to be this. Will they ever have the balls for that? Probably not. It's so dark. 
and TMNT has got to be the family summer blockbuster. It's a shame. I feel like there are indie groups that have created their own like versions of TMNT and they look incredible, like those like foot shorts or whatever. I wish those people would do it. Just do it indie if you have to. Like, I, I don't care. I honestly think you could get away with it. I think there's a world for it because if you just take out the actual people that are killed and you just make them all robots or something, you take out the no mercy line, you just soften splinter up a little bit. But yeah, I don't know. I, I think it would be dope as hell as an R, but I don't I don't know that you're ever going to get that. Maybe an animated, but not live action, certainly. You can get pretty violent on a PG-13. You could do a lot of like Android stuff and they have blue blood instead of red. There you go. Problem solved. Okay, so I think we all are in agreement here that we would absolutely recommend this one. Rock solid. Good trade. Very good borrow. Hit that up on Hoopla or at your local library. But we'll do a, a hero villain lightning round. My hero is Casey Jones. She is amazing. And she was ready to fight instantly before she definitely knew she was a mutant. I absolutely loved everything she did. I think my hero is going to have to be Dr. Honeycut. Oh, Honeycut is dope. That weird little funk, the Fugitoid robot. He's definitely my hero. I assumed Fugitoid. What did I say? Fugitoid. Fugitoid. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. That's probably, that's, that probably makes more sense. Fugitoid. He's a cool little guy. I like his style. I like his moves. He's great. My hero is going to be Michelangelo. I mean, obviously, he sets out to finish his family's mission, and he does just that. He expects it to be a one-way ticket, he says, so he expects to die. He achieves that more than he gets killed, you know? I'll go all generic and say my villain is Oroku Hiroto. He was a great villain because of the things you said, like his vanity, his god complex, and all these other things, and that he, the cool thing is he kept his mother alive in stasis, basically, just because he wanted her to be around while he did everything she couldn't do because he resented her for for bailing on him. Yeah, that's like that was such a twist. You, she's in like a Dr. Freeze tube the whole time and you're thinking that he's trying to bring her back to life and he's like, nah, I just want you to be around while I fuck shit up. The exact moment where you think Michelangelo could try to like, you know, say, hey, I'm going to kill her if you don't do X, he kills her himself. Yeah, crazy. Super cold. Yeah, he, he was kind of like, Joaquin Phoenix and Gladiator, very good because you don't like this guy. They do a very good job of making you not like him. My villain is Stockman. I love a good cyberpunk villain. He used his brains to basically control everything in New York. He's great. I'm going to go ahead and say my villain is whoever drew Casey Marie Jones in those low rise and put those two little slashes on there. Like, come on, guys. Come on. This is this is not that's not it. You didn't have to do that. The other thing I put as my background here, there's one panel that, that's been changed forever. A sound effect word that you could write whenever somebody smacks something. And it's just a picture of Casey Marie Jones and it says WAP. Doesn't work anymore in comics. They have to retire that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got to put an H in there. WAP. <laughs> Very good. Okay. Well, I think that'll just about do it for this episode thank you so much for listening please remember to rate review and subscribe uh head on over to at nerdoplexy pod on twitter and let us know what you think uh the next should they make a live action animatronic movie or not you can hit me up at nerdoplexy uh underscore read or at read at under 
underscore Nerdoplexi. On Letterboxd, Sam's at PGH underscore SVH. You can hit up Dave at Face of Dave on Twitter. Uh, and until we meet again, uh, I'd like to leave you with this thought to ponder. Are the mousers scary because they're cute? Or is it cute because they want to be more scary? Or are they just so cute that it is scary? Questions, questions, questions.